in an ideal world with bipartisan support and bottomless resources, how do you envision patients utilizing mental health services and EDs? I mean, I would say in an ideal world, perhaps mental health services would not be administered through the ED and people would not be having to reach a point of crisis where they are interacting with the ED. I think in an ideal world, I would want affordable, consensual and high quality mental health care. And I think these are definitely three things that the task force is really working. That's kind of a chick. She's a member of the Behavioral Health Task Force of the Bipartisan Policy Center, or BPC for short. Currently, she works as a legislative advocate at Disability Rights California. Kenna has a long track record of working with both state and federal lawmakers on mental health and disability rights advocacy, which is why we turned to speak with her today to learn more about the policy initiatives underway right now to improve our mental health care system. We do have more conversations about mental health than compared to 10 years ago. But at the same time, while we're sharing the message of it's okay to get help, we need to make sure help is available and affordable and accessible and financially feasible as we're asking people to receive support. And I think a lot of the times when we're having these conversations around what does healthcare look like, we're functioning from the assumption that, you know, the way that things have been done is the way that things should be done. But I think with the task force and with the conversation that we're having today, we're really recognizing that there are so many ways to really improve the systems that we already have, as well as welcome new ideas and innovations from other spaces. I'm Sanya Ali. And I'm Avni Kulkarni. This is While We Wait, a podcast series where we tackle the mental health boarding crisis. Through the series, we will explore our fragmented mental health care system in the United States. Boarding is another word for waiting, a delay in care where patients are stuck, often between the emergency room and the next step in treatment. These stories will paint a clear picture of why boarding is not, in fact, a surprising outcome for patients experiencing a mental health emergency. While we wait for solutions and while patients in crisis wait for help, let's take the time to unpack the reasons for why this is happening. In the next two episodes, we will explore two current policy movements that have helped fill the cracks in our mental health care system, mental health integration and behavioral health centers. These solutions converge around the one thing that has proven necessary to build better mental health outcomes, community. Avni and I wanted to know about the current state of our mental health care system and the policy solutions that are underway right now. We were also curious after talking with Kenna about who else was on the task force and what they found. So we reached out to Marilyn Serafini, who's the director of the Health Project at BPC and the person who helped put together the task force to begin with. So here's what we knew, and these were factors that led to the task force work. We knew that there was already a huge unmet need for behavioral health services. And when I say behavioral health, I'm talking about both uh, mental health and substance use. Less than half of adults with mental health conditions received services in 2019 less than half, and that was before the pandemic. We also know, and we knew at that time, that there's a shortage, an extreme shortage of behavioral health specialists. And many of those who do exist 
they don't participate in insurance networks. Not all of them, but, but many of them. And this creates a big problem with access. We also knew that there's a strong connection between physical and behavioral health. Frequently, people with chronic conditions also have behavioral health conditions. You might have someone with diabetes who also has depression, for example. We knew that all these connections existed, and so we put together a task force of all kinds of people, people with lived experience, a number of former members of Congress, former uh, Surgeon General, a former uh, SAMHSA administrator, that's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health uh, Administration. So they put these people together on a task force to figure out how to best use federal policy to get more people mental health care. And their findings were published in a report on March 31st, 2020. Both Kenna and Marilyn worked together to develop the report. And according to Marilyn, the results were pretty surprising. And one of the surprising elements was that a lot of people 39% of those who are getting care are already getting it through their primary care provider. That is nearly as many as the 45% who reported that they got their services through a behavioral health specialist. So that is a strong indication that we don't have enough behavioral health specialists. We don't have enough psychiatrists. We don't have enough psychologists. We don't have enough clinical social workers. There is a national shortage of psychiatrists and other behavioral health specialists. One of the most shocking statistics that I read from the report was that while 20% of the U.S. population lives in rural counties, 75% of those counties do not have an advanced behavioral health provider in the area. And so it really shows that we have so many issues when it comes to navigating the systems that we're in. But even if people are able to access mental health services, are they receiving quality services that align with their cultures? Are they interacting with folks who can deliver the quality of care? And as Marilyn alluded to, we see that there are already folks who are receiving support from their primary care physicians. The other thing that we found very interesting in our research process was that a lot of times people of color experience mental health, but the way that it's manifested and described is oftentimes through physical symptoms. They are talked about as, for example, nervousness or headaches. And so it's very interesting to look at that relationship and see that perhaps one of the reasons why we're not receiving quality mental health care and enough mental health care in America, especially in underrepresented communities, is that the system really wasn't built to address what mental health looks like and how it manifests in different bodies. Like we learned in the previous episode, there are strong connections between physical and mental health. What Kenna is highlighting is the fact that we not only have to increase the behavioral workforce, but also ensure that the workforce is capable of providing culturally competent medical care. Once the results of the report were in, the next goal of the task force was clear. Find a policy solution that increases access to services without creating significant disruptions in the ways people traditionally interact with care. That solution is integration. And so what's very interesting with the task force is that we hope by addressing integration, 
we're also looking at how people traditionally already interact with their healthcare systems and how we can use that to really increase support that they're receiving in behavioral health in terms of prevention and early intervention so that we're not reaching people when they're getting hospitalized and have to go through this boarding system, but when they're actually in a place where they are comfortable getting care, where they can get consensual care, where they can get care that they can adhere to, I think that is a very important part of addressing behavioral health. And so through the task force, that was one of the things that we really wanted to talk about, as well as also raise national prioritization and social awareness to this issue, because we all have mental health. And yet, given that taboos in our society, we don't talk about it. And because of that, we see a system that is really languishing, and we'd like to use the report really as a way to uplift some of the amazing work that's already being done, as well as tell Congress, hey, you know, this is something that we're interested in seeing, and there's a lot of young people that are really counting on you. What are you going to do? According to the task force, the next big policy solution for Congress and local leaders is to focus on integrating behavioral health and primary care. Let's hear from Marilyn again. Integration can take a number of different forms. So, for example, you could have a primary care clinician who is co-located with a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a clinical social worker. So they might be in the same location. They might be sharing an electronic record system. Uh, if a patient comes in and the primary care office is screening for behavioral health problems and they determine that the patient uh, has depression or anxiety or something else going on, it can often result in a warm handoff of that patient to the psychiatrist or psychologist down the hall. Essentially, instead of creating a wild goose chase for care and placing the burden on the patient to navigate so many different avenues, integration puts the onus on the healthcare system to coordinate these services so that patients don't have to. And importantly, we want to make this experience patient-centric by providing mental health services in a space that patients are already comfortable in and with a physician that they're already comfortable with. There's so much research that shows that forcing people into care may not actually be helpful. Care needs to be consensual and it needs to be there when someone needs it. And what we're seeing is that we're using our prison systems as the new mental health institution. We're really just saying these are people that we're going to throw into this place because we don't know where else to put them. And ideally in our society, these would not be systems that we have in that way. We would be able to address these issues way before it got to this point of people being hospitalized, people being put in institutions, people being incarcerated. And instead, we would have a society where people were able to receive the support that they needed so they can actually have the tools to thrive and live their lives the way that they wanted to live it. In episode three, we covered how the deinstitutionalization movement never fulfilled its promise to build community mental health clinics as large asylums closed due to inhumane conditions. Historically, this shift has left people with mental health illness facing homelessness or incarceration, like Kenna just mentioned. But now, fast forward 50 years, and we're finally investing in our mental health system with new legislation allocating record funding for behavioral health services. We're still far from an ideal world, 
but there has been progress made to implement the integrated care model. Let's hear from Marilyn about what the task force is looking to do next. So the important thing here is to get the resources to the communities. And this is what the task force wants to do. We are looking to build up the workforce. We're looking to create a smarter system where people have a, essentially a one-stop shop or a coordinated shop where they can get their physical ailments handled concurrently with their behavioral health problems. So this is a long time in coming, but we have got to put resources into our communities. That one-stop shop that Marilyn is referring to takes a form of a CCBHC which stands for Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic. CCBHCs are a modern health policy solution based on the integrated care model. 10 states started piloting the CCBHC program in 2014. And after strong evidence of success from these clinics, we decided to check them out next. Stay tuned while we wait for part two. This episode was created by Sonia Lee and me, with theme music by Tommy Scanlon. A special thanks to Jeff Byers, Sarah Kolk, and Patty Sweet for their guidance throughout the series. If you would like to learn more about any of the topics that we covered in this episode, please check out our show notes for links to more resources and ways to get involved.